With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Everyone, welcome in to the BT Powerhouse podcast. It is Monday, June 19th. Um, of course, as I as I pulled this up, having some computer issues, but um, it is Monday, June nineteenth. My name is Thomas Bendit, as always, the uh, the host uh, of the BT Powerhouse podcast and um, manager of BT Powerhouse as well. And we we have a pretty exciting topic here to talk about today. I know I say that a lot of the time, but as I said a couple podcasts ago, I really try to reserve these summer podcasts for things that are noteworthy and things that deserve discussion. I'm, I'm not going to try to force these podcasts sort of down your guys' throat. Uh, they're all going to be worthwhile. And today we have a, a really fun one and we're going to be chatting about the 2017 big 10 ACC challenge. The matchups were recently announced. I want to say two weeks ago, they're all out, and we're going to have Tony Patelis here in a few minutes to come on and, and give us some analysis on the ACC teams. But, but it, it, you know, it's a big topic. It's probably the premier non-conference event in college basketball, period. We all know the history. The Big Ten has had a lot of success recently. The ACC finally scored, finally scored a win for the first time in, geez, uh, yeah, since 2008. So what would that be? First time in seven years, seven or eight years um, there were a few ties, but that was the first time the ACC had an outright win in quite some time in what many viewed as the ACC's strongest season and probably a decade overall. They, they end up winning the national title, obviously, but, you know, new year, <laughs> new faces, new teams, you know, certainly some of those uh, strong units like North Carolina probably going to take a little bit of a step back from what they were last year, but I'm, I'm excited. For those of you who are wondering, hey, when are we going to talk about Chris Holtman, who was recently hired by Ohio State, there will be a podcast on that later this week. I, I wanted to spend some time to really dive into that in detail. And I'm hoping to have uh, one of the guys on from Big East Coast Bias, which is SB Nation's Big East site, to talk about sort of Holtman's background at Butler. What, what's the opinion? What's what's the basic analysis on, on Holtman? And, and what does he bring for Ohio State specifically, so that that should be a fun one. But today we have a really a really fun topic and, and what everybody loves to talk about in the summer, and, and that's the scheduling. So um, Tony will be here as I mentioned in in a minute or two. But just to, to start with some of the the broad strokes here, uh, one of the things I, I think a lot of people forget about the Big Ten ACC Challenge here, just from a broad overall view, is that it it really it isn't bigger than anything else. You know these games count the same as as any other event. They your whether you win or lose doesn't necessarily have an impact on what the challenge is set up for next year. The only the only note is that since uh, the conference expansion over the last seven eight years or so for the Big Ten and the ACC, the ACC actually has more teams than the Big Ten. They have 15 teams. 
the Big Ten only has 14. So one ACC team is excluded each year. Um, and, and really why that is significant is the ACC typically withholds what is perceived as the weakest team in the league from the competition, which sort of makes it an uphill battle for the Big Ten. Not, not a very big uphill battle, but certainly something that's worth mentioning. So I, I'd say those are kind of the broad strokes, but I, I, I really don't think there is an event that has bigger ramifications in terms of creating the narrative for conference strength in a given basketball season. So it's, it's a huge event and the big 10 after what has probably been two down years, at least by the big 10 standards, will be looking to get back on track and, and win this event for the, uh, well, I guess first time in two years, the big 10 has been pretty good in this event lately, <laughs> but, uh, but with that, um, Tony's on board here. Uh, Tony, how's it going tonight? I'm good, Thomas. How are you? Good, good. Excited to have you on. Excited to jump into the the Big Ten ACC Challenge for next season. Um, Tony, before we dive into it, you have any uh, general thoughts on the event, on uh, what what it's sort of become for college basketball, or uh, any any memories that shoot out for you? I guess. Uh, not necessarily, but I think it's it's an excellent event. It's a great way to you know get these teams matched up. You know, get these teams matched up with with uh, good competition. Um, I, I was looking at this year's um, lineup. There's some excellent games, some really good up-and-coming mm-hmm. matchups, Northwestern, Georgia Tech, um, two teams that are on the rise, um, Notre Dame, Michigan State, Miami at Minnesota, I think is an excellent matchup. So I'm really looking forward to it this year. Yeah, yeah, same here. Um, you know, obviously the ACC uh, won for the first time in quite a while uh, last year. So the, so the Big Ten will be seeking revenge this year. Um, but with that, yeah. let, let's start. Let's start diving into some of these these matchups. And what I'm going to do is, uh, why don't why don't you give me your take on on the ACC team? I'll throw in some thoughts on the Big Ten team, um, and then sure. we'll we'll just pick. I mean, I know I know it's really early, but we'll give our picks on on these games. You know, uh, from a, sure. a mile out or, or maybe three miles out here, I guess. But uh, let's <laughs> let's start with uh, what is probably one of the bigger games of the event. Um, and that's Notre Dame going on the road to Michigan State. Spartans perceived as, by most as a preseason top five team. Uh, what, what do you make of the Fighting Irish for this year? Um, you know, I have them right outside the top 25, um, if you ask me right now. Um, I think a lot of people are higher on, on them than I am. Uh, you know, they mm-hmm. lose Steve Vastoria, who I think was, you know, he was their MVP the last few years kind of a do-it-all type of guard, you know, made big shots, always had the ball in his hand. So I'm interested I'm interested to see how they adjust without him. Obviously, too, B.J. Beecham was one of their big-time scorers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how they adjust uh, losing Beecham. But, hey, they still have Bonzi Colson. He was, a, you know, All-American type player last year. Matt Farrell is one of the best up-and-coming guards in the country. Um, I think you'll see a lot more from Temple Gibbs, who was a uh, backup guard for them last year. Uh, it'll be interesting, but I think they have a little bit of a depth issue, a little bit of a size issue up front, but, you know, uh, Mike Bray seems to always figure things out. So I'll never count out Notre Dame, but I just don't think they're going to be as good as people think this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on the other side, Michigan State, obviously they're going to be stacked this year. They get Miles Bridges back. They have uh, Gavin Schilling coming back from injury. Nick Ward coming off a really stellar freshman year. Um, and then you have in the backcourt Josh Langford and Cassius Winston, who are both coming off of not as great freshman years, but certainly uh, nice freshman years 
for most players. Um, and they're adding in uh, an All-American in the recruiting class. Um, outside of the backcourt, which is a little bit of an unknown, Michigan State should be absolutely stacked. Uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing you're probably on board, but I'm, I'm picking the Spartans in this one. Oh, absolutely. Me too. I mean, I think Michigan State, if everything goes well, they're a top five team easy going into mm. next year. Absolutely. Um, totally agree. But, uh, but with that, let, let's jump to our next one here, and that's uh, Miami. Uh, the Hurricanes, not not the Red Hawks, um, going on the road to uh, Minnesota to face the Golden Gophers, who had a, a really nice, um, I wouldn't call it a rebound, but a really nice surprising season uh, last year. Um, Tony, what do you make of the Hurricanes? Oh, I'm really high on Miami. Uh, Miami. I have them in the top 15 headed into, headed into uh, next season. An unbelievable backcourt. You got your Jaquan Newton back, who's a veteran guard. Uh, Bruce Brown, who was, you know, a five-star recruit last year, he played really well for them. And then you bring in a guy like Lonnie Walker, who's, you know, a top 10 recruit. I mean, that backcourt is just absolutely loaded. Um, they get, they're probably maybe one of the most ta- talented teams on paper in the ACC uh, heading into next season. Dewan Huell is another guy who I'm looking forward to watching this year. He, he's up front for them. He was a five-star guy. Uh, didn't do much in his first season, but I definitely see him uh, getting bigger minutes and making a bigger impact. So this, this Miami team, I think, could probably finish maybe even in the top three uh, in the ACC uh, next wow. this year. Wow. Yeah, really I mean, uh, team. <laughs> Minnesota as well, uh, they're bringing back a lot of experience. Basically, the the whole team's coming back. Uh, you have Amir Coffey on the wing, who was arguably one of the best freshmen in the Big Ten last year. Reggie Lynch, undeniably the best shot blocker in the Big Ten, will be back up front. And then you have uh, Nate Mason, who was debatably, but uh, he was first team all Big Ten uh, at the point guard position. So I I think right there with those three, you have a a really nice starting block. Minnesota has a really nice recruiting class coming in as well. Um, I I don't know if they have the talent to match uh, what Miami has, but they are going to have the home court advantage. Uh, We we don't know whether – uh, how the schedule is going to work out yet. We don't, we don't know if this will be, you know, the nine o'clock game or, or the earlier game yet, but uh, I, I would anticipate a close one. Um, do you have any way you're leaning right now on this one? You know, I'd probably lean uh, Minnesota just being mm-hmm. at home, but I, I really feel like this is close to a 50, 50 matchup. Um, I think Minnesota is an, is an excellent ball club. They're also a top 15 team, in my opinion. So I think it's one mm. of the best matchups of the tournament on, on of the of the uh, of the challenge, honestly. Yeah, I, I'm with you. This is a this is a total push for me. Um, if, if I had if I have to pick, I think I would lean Minnesota just because of home court. But that's it. Uh, I think both these me teams too. are more cap- more than capable of winning this game. Um, yeah. But let's uh, let's move to the next one, which uh, brings uh, the Louisville Cardinals on the road uh, to face the Purdue Boilermakers. Uh, Louisville's sort of a meltdown mode uh, in terms of the athletic department, <laughs> but uh, they should have a good team next year. Uh, Tony, what do you make of the, the cards? Well, you know, before Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Johnson, you know, declared for the draft and uh, take off, mm-hmm. took off to the pros, I, I felt like this team could be number one um, heading, yeah. you know, heading into next season. So, uh, they lose those two guys, but, you know, then they got a guy like Brian Bowen, you know, five-star recruit who uh, was a huge mm-hmm. get, especially up front after losing a guy like Jalen Johnson. Uh, Mangoff, Matthew Yang is also out of the picture. So th- this team is, is is pretty talented. I mean, you got 
Quint, Quinn Snyder, uh, rock solid guard. VJ King is, is an up and coming guy. Um, he'll see a lot more minutes this year. Daniel Dell is, is as solid as he gets. Um, and then you got a guy like Ray Spalding, who I think is another breakout candidate for them. So I, I think Louisville's really talented, and I think this is going to be an excellent matchup. And I think it was a, a, a rematch from last year, right? They played last year. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. They played last yeah. year. Uh, Louisville ended up pulling out the win. Um, on, the, on the Purdue side, the team's going to look pretty similar to the one last year with, with one minor exception, and that, that's Caleb Swanigan, arguably the best player in the country, uh, <laughs> leaving, leaving town for the NBA. So just, just that little hiccup. Um, but yeah, they're still going to have Vincent Edwards up front. They're going to have Isaac Haas, which is uh, – in terms of his advanced stats, he's really efficient. He was uh, put up really nice numbers, but didn't play a lot of minutes last year, you know, obviously due to Swanigan. So can he replicate yeah. that? Uh, the backcourt, they, they have depth, they have experience, but not necessarily a lot of uh, elite talent back there. Um, if the team's going to take a step up, it's probably going to have to come from Carson Edwards, um, who had a, a nice freshman season last year. Um, I, I don't know about you. I, I think I would lean Louisville in this game, but I'm I'm probably lower on Purdue than most. So uh, maybe, maybe I'm just a hater. Yeah, you know, we talked about it a little bit, of I think, about a month ago or so. I, I like this Purdue team mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I think, uh, you know, Dakota Mathias is a guy you didn't mention. I think he's in, mm-hmm. in, he's in line for a big season. I think he's he's really good on, on both ends. Um, and he, the guy the kid can shoot shot 45% from three last year. So I think this might be the year that he really takes a step up and uh, becomes mm-hmm. a, a vocal point in, in that offense. You know, he, he played well. He averaged nine points last year. But, um, you know, with Swanigan gone, that's a lot of offense to, uh, yeah. to uh, you know, <laughs> regroup on. So uh, hopefully Matthias can uh, step up for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you have a pick on this game or still too close to uh, call? I would go with Louisville. I think Louisville is just a little bit better of a team, um, but you know it'll be tough. I think they're playing at Purdue, so yep, um, yep. So that'll be a, a, a good factor. It's a great home court, but uh, I'd go with Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so so moving on to the the other part of uh, <laughs> the state of Indiana, and that will be what probably most are going to circle as the the prime matchup of this event, and that is Duke going on the road to Indiana. Um, two blue bloods battling it out. Um, what do you make of the Blue Devils for this season? Um, you know, they, they lost so much from last year's team, but they they just reload. You know, they're like Kentucky Part 2 now. Uh, Trayvon Duvall and Wendell Carter are two of the top recruits in the country. Duvall's a special player. Even Carter, I don't think Carter gets enough attention. Um, you know, he could be one of the best post players in the ACC as a freshman next year. So, And then you got Grayson Allen returning um, for some experience, leadership, um, just hopefully he doesn't trip anybody this year. <laughs> but, you know, they're stacked. <laughs> they're, they're stacked from top to bottom. Uh, I think they're a little bit young and inexperienced, so that, that mm-hmm. could be a factor. But, um, you know, I think Coach Kale will figure things out. And uh, I, I'd like to see Marcus Bolden make a bigger impact. He was pretty much non-existent last year, a uh, big-time recruit um, from last year. So if he can if he can make an impact, then uh, I think Duke's going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah, I mean, on the other side, uh, Indiana is, uh, to say the least, going to be a massive question mark this year. I mean, you start with yeah. uh, they're bringing in Archie Miller from Dayton, so brand-new head coach. You never really know what to expect when you got a new head coach coming in. But uh, they're losing James Blackman. 
They're losing uh, Bryant, OG Anobi, who didn't play late in the year, but they're losing all three of those guys. So uh, going to be a very new look team. Um, the good news is they have new Kirk and Johnson back in the backcourt. Both of those guys are experienced. Might, you know, they're not the best of the best, but both uh, experienced players in the, at the Big Ten level. Um, it's really going to come down to guys like Juwan Morgan, um, Deron yeah. Davis. Can they take the next step? Um, and then, you know, the good thing for Indiana is uh, Assembly Hall can be a house of horrors for people. Um, so we'll, we'll yeah. see if uh, maybe Duke doesn't get some of the Duke calls uh, <laughs> in Bloomington. <laughs> but um, I, I, nonetheless, um, I, I would definitely pick Duke in this game. I mean, I, I think they're just going to have too much firepower. Yeah, I agree. I think just Duke's the better club. Um, you know, Indiana, I, I love Archie Miller. I think he's going to get the program mm-hmm. in the, headed in the right direction. But, again, you're going to adjusting to a new system, new coach. You know, the, the roster isn't great. Uh, miss some solid, you know, players. But I, I got to agree mm-hmm. in this matchup. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same here. I like Juwan um, Morgan, though, Thomas. I, I think he's going to be a pretty uh, impactful player for them this year. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he has a lot, a lot of potential. I think he showed a lot last season in limited time obviously but uh yeah but yeah certainly when, when you're facing duke uh there's not much parching for air um <laughs> no uh but uh move, moving on to the next matchup which takes my my beloved michigan wolverines on the road to uh north carolina uh the defending national champions so uh <laughs> thank you thank you uh espn and the big 10 acc challenge for that gift um what, what do you make of the uh of the tar heels this year well, you know, picking up Cam Johnson, um, the pit transfer, I thought was key yeah. for them. Their front court was so good last year, you know, the best rebounding team in the country. Then you lose, you know, Kennedy Meeks, um, Isaiah Hicks graduate, and then Tony Bradley declares for the draft. So you got a lot of, uh, you know, question marks up front, but getting Cam Johnson in there I thought was key. Uh, I think Luke May is a guy I thought you saw in the NCAA tournament really play well. I think he'll make much a uh, really big impact next season. He got an excellent backcourt. Joel Berry could be the player of the year and the you know you know national player of the year. Theo Pinson's one of the best glue guys um, around. So I, I think UNC will be fine. Um, I, I definitely favor them in this matchup. I think Michigan's going to take a little bit of a step back this season. Um, so I would definitely go with the Tar Heels. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with the Tar Heels as well. Uh, as as far as Michigan, how they're going to look this year, um, the projected star player, so to speak, is going to be uh, Maritz Wagner, who's back after a, a yeah. really nice sophomore season. Um, along with him, you're going to have uh, two two transfers who I expect to be impact players. The first is Charles Matthews, who transferred in from Kentucky. He sat out last mm-hmm. season. He will likely start on the wing uh, for the Wolverines, and then Jaron Simmons, who transferred from Ohio. Not Ohio State, the Bobcats, Ohio. Uh, really, really nice player in the MAC last year. I, I think he's going to put up really big numbers. I, I think he's a very undersold transfer uh, this I year. Do too. But, but you know, nonetheless, uh, you know, losing Derek Walton is going to be huge for the Wolverines. You know, Zach Irvin, yeah. he was up and down, but still played a, a ton of minutes. So it's going to come down to, you know, how how good is Matthews and can they find sort of around him, you know, Muhammad Ali, Abdul Rahman is also back, uh, but uh, yeah. can they find that fifth starter? But, but going on the road against North Carolina is, is not exactly an easy task. So I, I do think the Wolverines go down in this one, um, <laughs> but, uh, but moving on to the, uh, the next game, which will be the lowest scoring game of the season in my estimation, 
estimation, excuse me. Uh, Wisconsin goes on the road to face Virginia. Um, what, what do you make of Virginia this season? I, I tell you, Thomas, I think they're going to take a big step back. Um, first of all, very struggled offensively last year down the stretch. I thought, you know, they, they just they, they keep themselves in games. They're an elite defensive team, so they're always going to have a chance. But, you know, they have two guys that I think are going to have to take a big step up this year, Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, two young kids who, who played quite a bit of minutes last year but, you know, just didn't make a big impact. I think Kyle Guy was a five-star recruit. I think people expected a little bit too much from him right out of the gate. Uh, you know, just too small, got to put on some size. But if those two guys can, can, can play well, then I think Virginia will be okay. But I don't think you're going to see a top 10, top 15 team like you have in, in the last few years from, uh, from Virginia. Yeah, yeah. Um, on, on the other side, as far as what to expect out of the Badgers, um, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, um, Wisconsin, which has traditionally been like the most experienced team ever uh, for like the last 12 years, is losing four starters or at least guys who played starter minutes. Um, Ethan Happ is back, who was by just about any measure the second best player in the Big Ten last year, but everybody else is unknown. Um, a lot of guys who have played very, very minor minutes. Um, it's really it's going to come down to guys like Hill, uh, Fritzel, uh, Iverson. You know, what are these guys? I, to be honest, you, you've seen splashes know. from them. But uh, yeah. to me, the, the thing, if, if you're trying to just assume Wisconsin's going to be what they have been, um, you know, when you saw Koenig go out for a portion of the, the late Big Ten schedule, that's when Wisconsin struggled a lot. So I, I think just penciling them in is going to be a serious question mark. Um, for me, I would lean yeah. Virginia in this game, especially because Wisconsin's on the road. But, uh, but you sound kind of skeptical of the <laughs> of Virginia, so, so maybe I'm, I'm wrong on that. Yeah, uh, wh- where are you leaning in this one? You know, I'll lean Virginia just because it's at home, but I think it's a pretty. Comp- I don't think it'll be a pretty competitive mm-hmm. game. I think it's fifty-fifty, but both both teams have a lot of question marks. I was actually talking about Wisconsin on Twitter the other day. I don't know who their second leading scorer is going to be. I mean, we we yeah. just don't know. Ethan Happ is is an All American Big Ten Player of the Year player, but a- after him, there's so many question marks. So I think Wisconsin mm-hmm. is going to be one of those teams we're going to have to wait and see on you know, after a few weeks, maybe a month or so, and see who steps up and uh, can, can fill, fill those roles that, that were lost. I think Demetra Trice is a guy that you'll see play pretty well for them yeah. Uh, next year. Yeah, yeah. And I, so I, I, I think I'll leave Virginia in a, a 30 to 28 final um, in this <laughs> one. But, uh, that sounds about right. Uh, but, uh, but moving on, um, which you mentioned this game at the start of the podcast, and I, I think this is uh, this year's version of the the Minnesota-Florida State game from last year. It has, like, no name appeal, at least generally speaking, but is going to be a quietly very good game, and that is Northwestern on the road against Georgia Tech. Um, What do you make of this one, and what do you think of uh, Georgia Tech? Well, Georgia Tech was probably the biggest surprise, you know, in the country last year. Um, I don't think anybody Mm -hmm. thought they'd win more than a game or two in the ACC. And they played really well. They almost made the NCAA tournament. So uh, Josh Passner did a, did a tremendous job uh, with this team. Um, but, you know, Josh Akogi was, was one of these freshmen that I don't think got enough, um, you know, attention heading into the season. And he, he played excellent, averaged 16 points a game. Ben Lammers is one of the best big men in the country. You don't hear much from about him. 
He averaged 14 and nine last year. Averages three and a half blocks per game. So that that's a great tandem right there to to, uh, to feed off of. Um, so I think Georgia Tech should be, you know, a little bit better than they were last year. So I think they'll be in the tournament hunt, and I think they'll probably be in the middle of a pack of a really good ACC. So I think this is an excellent matchup. You know, two up and coming programs. Uh, with new coaches, mm-hmm. so uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, yeah, and uh, by the way, congrats to Memphis on almost finishing the top 100 in Ken Palm last year, but nice, nice job <laughs> forcing out Josh Pastner. Uh, <laughs> uh, on the other side, uh, Northwestern, obviously coming off the program's first NCAA tournament appearance of all time. Uh, they bring back McIntosh, they bring back Vic Law, Scotty Lindsay's back, uh, Pardon's back, Re- really everything's back. Um, the only question mark is can Northwestern sort of elevate itself from a uh, I, I, I don't want to call them a bubble team, but you know the team that that's just comfortably in the tournament. Can they elevate from you know that top 40-ish level to top 25? I'm not sure, but they should be a quality unit with a lot of experience. Um, I think this should be a pretty even matchup. Uh, for me, I, I think I would lean Georgia Tech, but uh, but I think it should be a close one. Yeah, I'm going to go Northwestern, actually. Um, oh, okay. I think Northwestern is, is the real deal. I think they're mm-hmm. going to do what you, you, know, you are asking, you know, can they elevate. I think they, they're going to. I think Chris Collins has done an excellent job. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is the best team, obviously, he's had since he's been there. He's only been there a few years. Absolutely. But, you know, he's, he's got all the pieces. He's got an excellent point guard in McIntosh. He's got Derek Pardon, who I think he's, is one of the – up-and-coming guys in the Big Ten. I think he'll possibly could average a double-double this year. So I'm going to go with Northwestern in a, in a highly competitive game, though. Okay. Um, moving on to the next one, which puts Maryland on the road against Syracuse. Uh, what do you expect out of the Orange? A lot of question marks with, uh, with Syracuse. You know, I think Tyus Battle is a pretty versatile guy. I think he'll probably be their, their, their guy this year to, to, to look to. But after him, you know, there's a lot of question marks. They lost a lot of talent from last year's team um, who I didn't think belonged in the NCAA tournament. They certainly thought they did, but um, you know, they didn't beat anybody on the road. So that's what happens. <laughs> but you know, they, Andrew White's gone. Tyler Lydon's gone. John Gillen's gone. I mean, all their impact guys are gone from last year. Um, they, they do have a solid recruiting class coming in, I believe. Um, so they're going to have to, you know, guys like Tyus Battle, Torian Thompson, they're going to have to big, take uh, big steps to, uh, to, to have Syracuse competitive, but, um, I definitely like Maryland in this matchup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Mar- Maryland has some questions as well, which which should make for a, an interesting matchup. Uh, really, the whole season for Maryland, in my opinion, is going to come down to what does Anthony Cohen and Kevin Harder do? Uh, can they take the next step? Can they go from really nice freshmen to all Big Ten? And, and I'm not talking first team, but you know, all Big Ten, third team, those type of guys, because that's what Maryland needs. You know, because when you lose a guy like Mel Trimble, there's just a lot of minutes, a lot of points to replace. Um, along with yeah. that, you know, Justin Jackson's back in the front court, who I think quietly should be competing for all Big Ten first team status. Uh, but but again, in, in the front court, you know. They bring back Justin Jackson, but they lose DeMonte Dodd, who I think was quietly a really nice and consistent player for them last season and really his whole career. So I, I think they're yeah. going to have some question marks there. Um, the good news is, is they've recruited really well. A lot of these guys coming back had really productive freshman years, which is, which is you know, you always like to see that. But uh, I agree with you. I, I, I would pick Maryland in this matchup. 
Um, I, I think the Terps are being a little undersold nationally, so I, I think this should be a good one. Um, moving yeah. on to the the next one, uh, that's uh, Iowa going on the road to Virginia Tech. Uh, what do you expect out of the Hokies? Well, I'm really high in Virginia Tech. I mean, talk about weapons. They have probably maybe the deepest backcourt in the country. Um, Justin Bibbins is back, Justin Robinson, Ahmed Hill. Uh, they have uh, Nick Alexander-Walker, the five-star shooting guard. So Buzz Williams has got a lot of weapons on this roster. Um, I think a key for them, though, is Chris Clark. He tore his ACL late last season. He's their most versatile guy. He's, he's, he's a really talented kid. He's got to get back healthy. If he does, I think Virginia Tech is a definitely a, you know, a top five team in the ACC, second weekend type uh, tournament team. I really do. I think Buzz Williams uh, has done an excellent job with this program. Um, he, he's a really undervalued coach, in my opinion, too. I think he's an elite coach. I really do, and I don't think he gets you know enough attention when when it comes to that type of stuff. But really like this Virginia Tech team a lot. I agree. Um, you know, I, I actually think Iowa's set to trend up a lot this season. They were really, really young and inexperienced last year. I agree. They are really lo- do. Yeah, I mean, they're losing <laughs> Peter uh, Jock, which is a significant loss. There's no getting around that. But, I mean, Bohannon's back. Uh, Wagner's back. Cook is back. Pimsel's back. Uh, Bear. I mean, there's, there's just so much depth. There's so much versatility. Uh, a lot of these guys can play two, three spots, no problem. Um, I, I really like – what this team has to offer. And, um, you know, certainly between Bohannon and Cook, I, I would be shocked if one of those two aren't one of the better players in the Big Ten next year, specifically Cook. I think he was really uh, forgotten a lot last year. But, but yeah, I mean, Iowa's going to be entering into a, a buzzsaw here with Virginia Tech. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's just a tough matchup for them, and I, I think Virginia Tech gets the win. Um, yeah, but, I do uh, too. and I, I, I'm really high on Iowa too, but I think Virginia Tech's just a better team at home. I got to go with the Hokies. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to this next couple, I assume will be pretty quick uh, since these are sort of the lower tier matchups, <laughs> I guess. But uh, yeah. we'll start with uh, you know I'll, I'll group a couple of these together, um, and that's uh, Penn State on the road at North Carolina State, Illinois at Wake Forest, and Ohio State at Clemson. Um, anything jump out to you about these games? Uh, any any thoughts on uh, North Carolina State, Wake Forest, or Clemson? Um, you know, I, I, I guess NC State. I thought you know get, getting Keats in there was, was a was a great uh, hire for them. He's done a great job, um, you know, on the transfer market already. I think he's building a pretty solid roster. I don't think you'll see much of them this year, but I think you know in two years um, they'll be pretty good. Um, other than that, not really. I think Penn State's going to struggle again this year. Pat Chambers yeah. has been – it seems like Pat Chambers has been there for 10 years, and, <laughs> and, and just, there's just been no progress at all. I, I think he's like 30 and 80 or something like that in the Big Ten. Um, he's lucky that Penn that State uh, basketball <laughs> – <laughs> I don't know how he still has a job. I mean, I guess it's because Penn State basketball is just irrelevant, I guess. But, um, you know, maybe they got some young talent, so maybe they can be a little bit better this year. But, unfortunately, I don't see any of those teams making any noise this year. Yeah, I mean, as far as the Big Ten side of those three, um, and that would be Illinois, Ohio State, Penn State, um, I agree with you on Penn State. I, I really – everybody's so high on them because they're bringing back all this youth, but they were, they were not good last year. Um, and, and not really, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and rip it, uh, those players, especially because a lot of them were freshmen 
And I think it's mm-hmm. unfair to, to expect a ton out of them as freshmen, but the, they weren't all big 10 freshman guys. I mean, I, I think all that whole team of all the freshmen there, I honestly think I probably could pick uh, at least three or four freshmen that I probably would have rather had last year. Um, I, yeah. I just, I don't, I think people are selling, Oh, this team's going to be a bubble team. Uh, if not better, I don't see it. Um, would it shock me and, and drop me over? No, because a lot of these guys were, were nice recruits, but I just don't see it. Um, and frankly, I think this is a make or break year for Pat Chambers, although I've said that a couple of times and Penn State seems yeah. to not care. Uh, so, so what do I know? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I think you got to see some progress here if you're a, a Nittany Lion fan. I mean, Pat Chambers, he's had what uh, – yeah, two of the last – or. Sorry, uh, four of his uh, seven seasons at Penn State have had losing records. One of the seasons yeah. was 500. I mean, it's just there's nothing to speak of there. Uh, nothing. Illinois, Illinois and Ohio State, they're they're just there isn't anything on those rosters. I'm I'm sorry. No. Uh, I think but, I think Brad Underwood's a great coach. I think he's going to turn him around, but it's just yeah, it's just not there. Um, and then I, I, Holtman. I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say the same thing. I think Brad Underwood and Holtman were excellent hires, home run hires, mm-hmm. but I don't think you'll see anything from either of those clubs in the first year. They just don't yeah, have the I mean, I mean, Ohio State has more. Like, Illinois, the thing is, is, like, I know a lot of people are excited about Underwood, and, you know, you should be, but when you're entering the spring with four open scholarships, you just start offering, like, these late 2017 guys who have U of D, uh, University of Detroit offers, like you're in trouble uh, for the next season. I mean, if he can, if he can make them decent, you know, props to him, but that's going to be a rebuilding job. Um, so uh, between, between these three, uh, that's Penn state at NC state, Illinois at wake forest and Ohio and Clemson at Ohio state. Uh, who are you picking in those three games? Oh, I'm going to, def- I'm definitely going to go with um, wake forest uh, against Illinois I would definitely go with um, uh, Ohio. I'm going to go with Ohio State at home against Clemson. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be a pretty talent, a pretty tough matchup uh, for both teams. But I'll go with the home team in that one. I think NC State uh, will take care of Penn State in that one. I, I think Wake Forest. Um, getting back to the Illinois uh, Wake Forest game, I think Wake Forest is going to be pretty good again. It's going to be tough to um, replace mm-hmm. John Collins, but they got some talent. They got a talented backcourt, so um, I think Danny Manning's done a pretty good job there. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually in total agreement on all three of those games and pretty much for yeah. the same reasons. Um and then we'll uh we'll we'll jump into the last two here, which is Boston College at Nebraska and Florida State at Rutgers. Um what what should fans make out of Boston College and Florida State? Uh Florida State um is gonna be really young this year. Um certainly talented. Terrence Mann's a really, really good player. He'll probably be the guy that leads them this year, but you know, they, lo- they they lost quite a bit from last year's roster, so I think they're definitely going to take a step back. Um, but they should probably beat Rutgers. I mean, Rutgers, as we know, is the cellar dweller of any conference they're in. So I'm going to go with uh, Florida State in that one. BC and Nebraska is just is just a horrible matchup in, in all phases. I, I really don't think I'd watch five seconds of that game. Um, it's probably one of the worst games I've ever seen. Get ready, <laughs> in, in BCN Plus. <laughs> And, I, you know, I, I feel bad because I, I think Tim Miles is a pretty good coach, but he's had some tough luck in Nebraska. I, do you think mm-hmm. he's going to stick around for much longer? 
Um, I, I, I know for a fact that there's, there's some rumblings, there's some pressure on him this year. Uh, I will say, yeah. um, if, if anybody has read my, uh, power rankings for the big 10, I have Nebraska dead last and I don't think it's all that close. Um, there's just, that roster has just been smashed the last couple of years, um, by transfers. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, some of them have just been bad timing, but, uh, but nonetheless, you know, I, I will definitely pick, I, I've, I'm picking Boston College, and I don't even think they're going to be good. But uh, <laughs> I'll pick Boston <laughs> College in that game. And um, I, I like Steve Peekle. I, I think he's building something at Rutgers. I do too. But, but as I as I said the day they hired him, this is like a three-year rebuild. Um, I think people forget how horrible that team was uh, when Eddie Jordan left. And oh. this is year two. So they are they are not there yet. Um so I, I, I will pick Florida State in that game as well. But, uh, but you know, maybe Rutgers will, will be competitive. So that'll be a, a good stripe. Um, I definitely think uh, they made the right decision hiring Pickle. But, uh, you know, I get, I'll, I'll see it when I – I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, well, Tony, I appreciate it. We, we've dove through all, all 14 games now um, of the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Extremely excited for the event. Um, the NBA draft is coming up this week. Uh, you have any thoughts on the draft? Any, anything you're looking forward to before we let you go? Well, well, I'm a big Celtics fan, so I'm interested to see if this trade works out for them. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I was a big Markel Fultz guy, but, um, you know, I think, I think if they get a guy like Josh Jackson or Jason Tatum, uh, it'll be okay, especially with the, with the future picks. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of talented guys in that top five or six. I, I really like all those guys. I think, Jonathan Isaac is a really, really talented prospect. Um, I think Fultz mm-hmm. is, a, is a definite type of all-star caliber guard if he has the right attitude. You know, it's kind of tough to see because he didn't play that much last year because he was injured. Um, and I hear, yeah. I hear some rumblings about him not having a great attitude um, when it comes to winning and losing, but we'll see. But, yeah, I think that there, there's a lot of good talent right at that top. That top group is really, really good. Oh, absolutely. I, I think this is one of the deepest drafts in a, in a long time. Um, I, I, I think when we, I think when we look back, people are going to be like, "Wow, that guy was drafted eighth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Tony, where where can people check out your stuff? Yeah, you can check me out on Twitter at College Hoop News. I also do, you know, my periscopes I do uh, during the season, usually on Wednesday and Sunday nights. I'm also uh, launching a podcast in October, right before the Excellent. season starts. So um, I'll, I'll have a lot of information on that. Uh, soon, so I'll let everybody know. I also had to give a shout out to Sean Bach uh, since you uh, got him going on BT Powerhouse. So he told me to say hello. So I had to say hello to Sean. Excellent. Yeah, he's been doing good work for us. But uh, but Tony, yeah, thanks for joining us. A good job. All right, Thomas. Thanks, man. I appreciate <laughs> yep. it. We appreciate it. See you, man. Right. See you later. Uh, as a reminder, everyone, that's uh, Tony Patelis. He, he does great stuff. Um, he actually pretty much is just dedicated to Twitter and, and his periscopes, but uh, well worth a follow if you're a College Hoops fan. One of the most knowledgeable guys you can find, uh, certainly from a national perspective. But thanks again for everyone for joining us. If you are an NBA fan, you're looking forward to the draft, or you're interested to see where the Big Ten guys are going, go to btpowerhouse.com. We have tons of coverage this week. Draft profiles up on basically every guy who could be taken. Um, you know, we've done them on Demonte Dodd, on Zach Irvin, obviously the big guys like Anobi, Swanigan, you know, Thomas Bryant. So mm-hmm. any prospect you're interested in, go check it out. 
You can follow me on Twitter at T Bendit. You can follow BT Powerhouse on Twitter at BT Powerhouse. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.